T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. From the WEEI Studios, the home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. All right, back here on Red Sox Review, 617-779-7937. Mark Dondero is with you for another uh, 35 minutes or so. Taking in a college basketball. Big night tonight in Boston, not just the Red Sox, who tied the Braves at 6 today. Down at Cool Today Park. Bobby Dahlbeck, a big game. Red Sox had a few doubles. They have seven doubles. Dahlbeck with the um, two-run home run. Oppo job, that's great. Uh, Listen, big game tonight for the Celtics. Obviously, they're going to Philadelphia 76ers. But the Bruins, I want to talk about the Bruins real quick. Okay, because the Boston Bruins have had a heck of a season. All-time great season. Kudos to them. Now, we all know the narrative here. It's not going to really matter unless they get it done in the playoffs, but I'm going to take it a step further than that. I think that this run, this spring by the Boston Bruins, is ultimately going to define this era of Boston Bruins hockey, and more specifically, the core of Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, David Krejci, Zdeno Chara, et al. This run is bigger than just this year. And I know this might not be fair. It probably isn't fair. But then again, this city has seen how many championships since 2000. The, the, you know, the Patriots, the Red Sox, all the championships that we've seen. Six. Four, it's been like 12 championships within the last 20 plus years. That's insane. And as a result, the bar gets raised. Like it or not, that's the reality. If the Boston Bruins, after the year that they've had, find a way to fall short and not win the Stanley Cup, Not only will this season be a disappointment, I think you could make the case that the entire decade has been a disappointment by and large. That's really harsh. 
but I don't think it's inaccurate. This team is so good, and I've appreciated watching Patrice Bergeron. He's one of my favorite athletes all time. This team has been everything we want them to be, except champions more often. And I think it's a legitimate disappointment. How do you view the 1990s Atlanta Braves? If you think that team was overall a bit more disappointing than anything else, I think this Bruins team is even more disappointing. Why? Because they won it so fast in their tenure as a core group. They won it. So, I mean, they were all so young when they won. Bergeron, Marshan, Krejci specifically. I know they've gotten back to the finals. But to not convert one more time would be more disappointing than the Atlanta Braves. I'm not going to touch some of the other teams like the like the Seattle Mariners with Griffey and A-Rod and Randy Johnson or the Oklahoma City Thunder because those teams never won. Bruins, they did get one. They won. That's almost adding to it because they did know how to win. They converted on the championship. They have the championship medal. That core had the experience. They won it so early on in their career. If you find a way to go that long and then have this season where you've been propped up so high. If they find a way to not get it done this year, I think that's going to define this entire era. And ultimately, we're going to feel like the Bruins run with these guys was a net negative. It's not fair. But the but the way that the bar has been raised in this town over the last 20 years plays into it. And it's the reality. It is not good enough to win when you did, have the type of teams that you've had, and to not get at least one more. That would be a major disappointment, especially after a record-setting regular season like we've seen this year. The wagon that they are, if they can't finish this off, that is as disappointing um, as you'll find for this group. With that being said, if they're able to pull it off, that would be the ultimate exclamation point. All the other stuff, all the heartache, since the last championship and the losses, you know, 2019, Game 7 at home, and the different times they haven't gotten it done, President's Trophy winners don't get it done, 2013 Blackhawks don't get it done. If they win this one, especially after the regular season that they've had, that changes everything, okay? Then it becomes the perfect nightcap to the run that this group had. Hey, Okay, you got it done early, you won the cup, you had some struggles in between, but then you finished off with the ultimate high. A record-setting regular season capped with the Stanley Cup victory. The stakes have never been higher for this franchise, and I would put it on par, not there quite, but close to what we saw in 2017, or check that, 20, 2007 with the, with the Patriots. If you can finish this off after the run that they've had the last decade-plus, and after the regular season that they've put together, if you finish it off and win a championship, I mean, not only should you be talked about as one of the greatest NHL teams of all time, you should be talked about as one of the greatest NHL runs of all time. From 2010 through 2023, it'd be one of the greatest runs of all time. I don't care that they've only won two championships if they get it done. You know, but it would be, I would put that up there with some of the ones that we've seen. I'm talking more recently, you know, 
the Blackhawks, the Red Wings, some of those teams. I'd put that right there with any of them if they can get it done. Even though it'll have been more than a decade, it will be as impressive of a run, especially when you have this core that would finish it off in the fashion that they would finish it off this year. And I'll tell you another thing about the Bruins. They have not, and maybe it's just because that, you know, hockey nationally isn't quite as popular as some of the other sports. I know here is different, but nationally, it's just not quite as popular. It is what it is. But nationally, or check that, locally, they have not caught the heat that they, that some of the other teams in Boston have. The Celtics, the Red Sox, the Patriots. The Bruins have come up small. The Bruins haven't gotten it done in spots. They haven't caught the heat that some of those other teams have caught. So they haven't even had some of the pressure that some of the other teams have had to deal with. That's another reason why it would be that much more disappointing if they don't get it done. I know I've made this point before, but everybody gets on John Henry. How many times have the Bruins come up small in the big moments? John Henry's been the only constant for the Red Sox who have won four world championships since 2004. Nobody gets on the Bruins. Nobody gets on their ownership like they do John Henry. And I know people have had issues with the ownership of the Bruins. But it's not to the level of a guy that's won four championships and has been the only constant during that stretch. The Bruins, I'm not saying they've gotten a pass, but they have not had the general overall heat on them that some of the other teams have had. That's why I think the Celtics and their star players are under more pressure than the Bruins. Because even if the Bruins find a way to not get it done this year, hey, people will be disappointed. But it's not going to be like they get just dragged through the mud. They, they, you know, people will still find a way to be positive, and it was a great run, and we love Bergie. Like, all those things will still exist, and we do love Bergie. But we can still love Bergie and say that was a damn disappointing end to not win one more Stanley Cup with that group, especially this year. Some of the moves Don Sweeney has made, Last few years, some of the trade deadline moves he's made. Lindholm, Orlov, Allmark. I mean, these guys, I mean, we'll see about Orlov. Lindholm's been a great pickup. Allmark, we all criticized him for. He's been huge. You go out and get a guy like Garrett Hathaway, it's, for this team, it's perfect. An annoying pest irritant that can get under the skin of another quality playoff team. You don't even have to have him in your top six. Orlov was a top four defenseman on a team that won the Stanley Cup. He's not going to be asked to do that here. Don Sweeney has made the right moves recently. This team is in pole position. They've got the core enough intact. Those guys are still playing. The resurgence of David Krejci. They're the best. They've been there. They've done that. They've been in the finals. They've had the adversity. They've won a championship. They've done it all except win another one. It has to happen this year. And if it doesn't, it is going to define this era of Boston Bruins hockey. If they do, it'll also define it in a totally different way. The stakes for that organization have never been higher in my lifetime, and I cannot wait to see how it plays out in the spring. I cannot wait. The Celtics and the Bruins, both of them are going to be captivating watches in the spring, and we'll see what happens. But the Bruins, they take it to another level.
in ways that the Celtics even can't compare. I think the Celtics are under more pressure. But the Bruins, this will define their entire run. And I can't wait to see if they can convert and get it done with the regular season they've had. It would be historic and a historic end to this championship team that they had and this this core that they've that they started their work in 2010. Getting it done now would be the ultimate exclamation point. And they gotta find a way to get it done. I'm Mark Dunder, this is WEI. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The Red Sox had their first spring training game today down at Cool Today Park in Florida, taking on the Atlanta Braves. It ended in a 6-6 tie after a pitch clock violation on Atlanta Braves player Cal Conley. Mark Dondero really loved that ending. The Celtics beat the Pacers in overtime on Thursday night, 142-138. to They'll take on Philly tonight on the road, tip-off at 8.30. The Bruins made their first move ahead of the March 3rd trade deadline by acquiring defenseman Dmitry Orlov and right-wing Garnett Hathaway from the Washington Capitals. They're back in action tonight in Vancouver, taking on the Canucks. Puck drop at 7 p.m. And in Patriots news on WEI's own Jones and Mego, Tom Curran provided an update on where Matt Patricia stands in the organization, calling him, quote, untethered. Matt Patricia interviewed this week for the Broncos' defensive coordinator position before it was offered to Vance Joseph. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. All right, back here. Red Sox Review rolling on. Another 15 minutes. Um, Red Sox, Braves, tie game. If you didn't see it, it ended because a pitch clock violation occurred. Um, you know, I've sort of calmed down, Stiz, throughout the course of this show. You were all fired I up know. Well, I just, I don't think it's going to happen that much. Like, I think players and the league is going to adapt to the rule, and I, I don't think that that's going to happen. But it'll happen. Because it happened last week in a game, too. I forget who it was, but it was in the first inning. Yeah. This it, decided a game. It, it's going to happen, especially... Here's the here's the risk that you run. Because in late-game situations, that's when you're, everybody is used to being able to take their time, take a breath, really take it in, get mentally right for the next pitch. You're more likely to take a you know step out of the box a second time or take a little extra. Those players are going to have to grind that much more... more um, intensely in those spots in order to not allow that to happen in a big spot because of the magnitude of the scenario late in a game where it's tied. That's what baseball's been forever. I would like to th- – I can't have games ending where you're missing out on 3-2-2 two, two while it's bases loaded tie game. That can't happen. Yeah, that was wild. Like, bases it's a, loaded. It was like, wild. It, and it was good. You know, today, in, in the moment today, it was great. We'd never seen anything like that. It was chaotic. All right. 
If that continued to become a trend, I'm telling you, it would be a net negative for the sport and people would get annoyed. Nobody would. I don't want to see that happen more than once. Let's talk to Jesse in Tampa on the pitch clock. Hey, Jesse. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, I agree. I think we what we just saw is just like it's showing how the integrity of the game is being violated now just because you can't really have a game end like that. I mean, it's not – I mean, the pitch clock's not taking into account situational baseball, especially in late innings. And what if, a, you know, say a, a batter takes a pitch high and inside and needs a moment to collect himself. Is he going to get penalized for that? And, you know, I, I personally, I'm a, I, I love baseball. I don't need a game to end that where it's 15 minutes, like at 9.15. So, like, I, I don't know. The pitch clock, I understand some of it. But, I mean, there's got to be some leeway here. What do you think? I appreciate the call. Thanks, Jesse. No, I agree. I, I think you still need to have conversations. Um, you know, having like, I'm, I'm not going to talk about my experiences playing baseball, but I played in college, and I, I had at-bats, and I know what it's like to be in a, spot, a moment where it's like, I need to collect my thoughts late in the game in a big moment. I do appreciate how it will be a new type of pressure that these batters are going to have to face, and the pitchers for that matter too. But you don't want to sacrifice some of the best parts of baseball because of the pitch clock. Like I don't care whether you like it or not. Part of the romanticism of baseball is those late game moments when the drama is able to build pitch to pitch. Whether you like it or not, that's, you know, that's what, even though if a game is dragging on, that's what makes it worth it, air quotes. Those moments. Because when those moments drag out and onward, it almost builds the drama. So I want to make the games go faster. I do. But I don't want to sacrifice those moments and the drama associated with those moments. It's the best part of baseball, arguably. I want guys in the late innings when it's tied to be able to be at their best and execute. It's a hard enough sport. Hitting a pitch is the hardest thing to do in sports. Now you're incorporating this element of um, intensity and what's the word I'm looking for? You're just basically rushing the batter. Urgency. That's the word I'm looking for urgency that isn't or hasn't been there. So I don't know if this is going to be um, a big problem, a little problem, no problem going forward. What if they shut it off in the ninth inning? That's something I'd be open to. Like, I'd be legitimately open to that. And like I said, if it's a, if it, the game isn't close, you're not going to sacrifice the tempo and rhythm that you've established all game by shutting it off in the ninth inning. I don't think you're going to say – it's not like the inning in the game is – now – consistency, that's a conversation that you would need to have, I think. Would that really jack up the whole, I don't know, integrity of the sp- – I think it would be more aligned with, hey, after five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, the clock stops when a player in football goes out of bounds. I think that's how I'd look at it and be like, it's not that big a deal. Turn the pitch clock off in the ninth, um, and people would adapt to that. Players and pitchers would adapt to that. Closers wouldn't really have to deal with that. Fine. You know, it's one inning, the most important inning. The game can end. You just can't have games end in situ. You just can't do it. But you can't do it. So it'll be interesting to see how this develops. I do think it will develop to a point where batters, pitchers, everybody becomes more um, used to the rule and it doesn't become the problem that we saw become today. Chaotic, yeah, it was fun to see because I'd never seen something like that. But by and large, I can't have games end like that, and I can't get stripped of situations where it's 3-2, two outs, bases loaded, and the game is tied. I need to see how that plays out. That is absolutely not in baseball's best interest. But fun for today. And gave us something to, to, you know, really zero in on 
in uh, what was the first preseason game, spring training game for the Red Sox. 6-6 tie. Okay. Um, I keep seeing pre- I keep saying preseason because I keep thinking football. Because in football, the preseason matters. A little bit more. It's a little different. You know, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter in baseball, but it's a little different. You know, Grady Sizemore, I'll never forget, had the all-time preseason performance whatever year that was he played for the Reds, like 2015 or whatever, and then he ended up having an, an awful year. So it doesn't really matter how guys perform in the preseason. Um, for football, I think that's a little bit different in terms of rookies. I think guys can really earn spots and create windows into playing their first year, which obviously doesn't exist in baseball. But in terms of the bigger picture for the New England Patriots, I'm going to say this before we have to get off the air in about 10 minutes. There's been conversations being thrown out. I know they asked on NBC Sports Boston yesterday or two days ago, should the Patriots give up the 14th overall pick for Jalen Ramsey? That is a ludicrous premise, and that is a conversation we shouldn't even be coming close to having. I'm insulted that they even asked that question on a talk show. That isn't even... You are the furthest thing from a team that should be worried about acquiring a quote-unquote number one corner if you even want to call him that. Absolutely not. Now, I'm not saying the Patriots couldn't use a cornerback. That is not a conversation that you even need to consider at this point. The conversation you need to consider at this point is what are we going to do going forward? And you have two options that I brought up earlier in the week, and I'll remind you of what they are because that's going to further my next point. You either load up to the tune of the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers, and you get all the talent you can around your non-elite quarterback and hope that you can piece your way into contention that way, or you blow it all up. You break it all down, and you start over. New England Patriots, you start over. What do I think would be the most direct path to a championship or What do I think would be the most direct path to championship contention, realistically? Blowing it all up. I don't want to say it. I don't want to admit it. We don't want to talk about it. But if you're talking about the most direct path to a championship, I think that's it. Now, bad on the Patriots because they pissed away all of last year when you could have been using that time to find out whether or not Mac Jones was the guy. Now, maybe some of you have already concluded whether or not he is the guy, but you could have used last year to figure that out. But you didn't have a real offensive coordinator in there, so now you have to get the real offensive coordinator in, which you did do, and figure it out this year. Okay, but here's the thing, and I've been a Mac Jones supporter, but I wouldn't give him the whole year. I would give him until the trade deadline. And if he's not performing with Bill O'Brien and it doesn't look any better than it has after, I guess, the bye week of his rookie season, that is when I would blow this team to smithereens. I would get rid of all their good players. I would trade Mac Jones. I would get rid of the coaching staff at the end of the year. I would get rid of everybody and go back to the bottom of the league and the top of the draft. I hate to admit that, but I don't see a more direct route to getting to where you want to go. Why? Because look at the... Here's what we know. It is impossible, impossible for the Patriots to win the Super Bowl without winning the American Football Conference. You have to win the AFC to win the Super Bowl. That is a requirement. There is no way around that. When I look at the other quarterbacks in the AFC, 
I don't like what I see. Okay, because we all remember between what was it, 2001 and 2018, how many times was it either Brady, Manning, or Roethlisberger in the Super Bowl? I think it's something like every year other than two. You had Joe Flacco one year, and I forget the other one. I mean, it wasn't a lot. Those three quarterbacks hogged the AFC Super Bowl appearances. You don't think there's something similar to that going on right now with Mahomes, Allen, and Joe Burrow? Okay? You need an elite quarterback to even play with those guys. To, to, if you ever want to win three or four playoff games in a row, you're not doing that with a middle-of-the-road quarterback unless your team is so unbelievably stacked you're able to maybe piece it together, but I don't even know if that's going to work in the AFC. And we just saw the NFC team that was stacked like that lose to Mahomes, who was hobbled, and they were arguably in a rebuilding year. You have Allen, Burrow, and Mahomes. And then after them, you have Herbert. You have Lamar Jackson. We'll see where he ends up. You have Trevor Lawrence. That's a whole other tier below the elite level. How the hell are you going to compete with all those quarterbacks in that conference with a non-elite guy? Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick. Joe Burrow, number one overall pick. Pat Mahomes, number 10 overall pick. Josh Allen, number seven overall pick. That's where you find the best quarterbacks, at the top of the draft. The only other guy Bill Belichick drafted from the dynasty years at least to this point, to make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Richard Seymour, where was he picked? Six. Now, Tom Brady obviously was a six-round pick. We all know, You're not going to do that again. That'll never happen again. You're never going to do that again. The most realistic and direct route back to actual realistic contention is by blowing up this team and going back into the top of the draft and trying to get the next actual star quarterback within the next few years. That's what it is. It sucks, but we had 20 years of prosperity. Un, you know, absolutely, the, the level of prosperity, I mean, unprecedented. It's time to take our medicine and accept the fact that they're going to have to really bottom out in order to come close to getting back to where you want them to go. I hate that we have to admit that. I hate that it's come to this point. But I don't even think loading up, and let's be honest, is Bill Belichick capable of doing that appropriately, effectively? I don't know. Would he ever spend that type of money? Would he ever go get those types of players? I, I just don't know if that would happen. So I don't have a lot of faith in that part of the process, even if they wanted to do that. You know, Chris Gasper talking about in the Globe that they should go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo. Whatever. Whatever. You know, if you could trade Mac Jones and get something good for him, which I have my reservations on, fine. But I just don't see that being a viable, realistic option. There's another way you could do it. I mean, do this. You could strike gold and get a Russell Wilson in the third round. I mean, I guess that could happen, but I wouldn't bank on that either. So... If you're talking about a realistic option, it's going to the top of the draft. 
And with Bill Belichick in place, let's be honest, that culture is still strong enough. You're not going to bottom out. You're going to be arguably in the worst possible situation, mired in mediocrity. I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. That's the reality of where the Patriots are right now. Okay, if you want them back into true contention, the best way to do that is to get a top pick, top five, top three. And if it isn't a quarterback you get, maybe you get Nick Bosa. Maybe you get Jamar Chase. You know, maybe you get one of those top guys that really, you know, you could get him in the middle of the first round, 15-14, where the Patriots are drafting this year. But if you really want that opportunity, you get it at the top of the draft. That's the most direct, surefire way to getting back into contention, and I wish that wasn't the case. Sure, they can win some games. They might even win a playoff game with Mac Jones. Maybe they can find a way to get some help, get him a number one, have a real offensive coordinator, put some good run, you know, a couple good games together, make a run at Buffalo. But you got Allen, you've got Burrow, you've got Mahomes. Good luck going up against them for the next 15 years, the next 10 years. I mean, we saw it with Brady, Manning, and Roethlisberger. It was hard to overcome their ability and get to the Super Bowl for everybody else in the AFC. Why should I think that's going to be any different now? And we don't even know how much Bill Belichick even respects the quarterback position at this point. Or ever. He had Tom Brady. Good for him. But you really have much of a plan after Tom Brady. I mean, I hate that it's come to this, like everybody else, but I don't know what else is more realistic than that. It's okay. You blow it up. You get to the top of the draft, and you go from there. You make some of those selections. All right. By and large, I like the pitch clock. I thought it was a net positive, and I thought it created a tempo for the game that I could get into. Um... There's some kinks to work out. I think the league will do that on its own. Maybe you have some conversations going forward about how best to implement this fully. But cheers to the pitch clock. It was love at first sight for me. Stiz, thanks, man. I appreciate you. Always a pleasure, Don Darrow. All right. I don't know when I'll be back here. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Take care. Really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.